0: Hello and welcome to yet another exciting episode of the ALA podcast series. For more conversations on all things Kerala, follow our bilingual blog at ala.keralascholars.org. According to Government Fisheries Department data, Kerala accounts for 13% of the national marine fish production, and over 2.2 lakh people depend on fishing as their primary occupation. In recent years, there has been much debate and deliberation on issues like trawling, sustainable fishing, continued negligence of the fishing communities and their demands by successive governments, etc. Artisanal or traditional fishers bear the brunt of a lot of these issues. Often working on small boats and fishing in seas closer to the coast, these communities struggle with the subsistence and livelihood on the one hand, unpredictable weather, and declining marine fish on the other. For two years now, a group of social scientists, physical geographers, atmospheric and marine scientists, and communications and media experts have been working closely with artisanal fishers in three villages near Thiruvananthapuram to find effective ways to make livelihoods of these fishing communities more secure and sustainable by providing safety at sea. In this episode, we speak with Dr. Johnson Jamant, who is part of this team, to understand about why. This is an issue that deserves attention and affects wider society. This conversation is part of our special issue on the Forecasting with Fishers project. Do check out our website for more articles, interviews and features about the project itself. Welcome Johnson and thank you for taking the time to speak, uh, speak with us today. Um, maybe we can sort of kick off the conversation with a brief discussion on artisanal fishing itself in Kerala. Um, how big is this this community in Kerala that we speak of, and what socio-economic backgrounds do they come from?
1: Yeah, artisanal uh, fishers uh, have been there for centuries uh, in Kerala coast. Uh, even in the past, uh, principally states in India, they were there. Most of the artisanal fishers are actually uh, follow some sort of sustainable fishing practices, so they are different from industrial fishers like trawlers and like we mentioned earlier. Uh, and other industrial uh, fishing practices in Kerala. Because of their uh, sustainable uh, fishing practices they follow, they have conserved their natural resources without any kind of destruction. And they also make it available for future generation. So for example, uh, there are a lot of uh, fishes they conserve through their methods of uh, fishing practices. And they also provide uh, Um, daily fish because they are daily fishers they do daily fishing practices uh, maybe day fishing or night fishing even uh, some of the artisanal fishers also do 24 hours fishing, kind of stay fishing uh, Just not more than 2 or 3 days so in that way they are actually making available fresh fish to Kerala population which is very important for our uh, health and it is also cheaper as well. Otherwise, the Kerala population has to buy uh, fish with formalin and other kinds of um, uh, chemicals. But artisanal fishers in Kerala make fresh fish available, healthy fish available, and cheaper fish available for the Kerala population. So the artisanal fishes are very, very important uh, in terms of Kerala's economy because they also uh, do a lot of um, exporting items, they catch uh, fish which are exportable uh, qualities. In Kerala, about 1.8 lakhs people, are fishers. fishers in the sense, uh, they are the people who registered with the Kerala State um, Welfare Fund Board. So mm-hmm. legally, they are the fishers. Officially, uh, they are the fishers in the records. So uh, these families are their main source of income, actually, from this marine fishing activity.
0: Do we have a sense of um, what socioeconomic backgrounds do they come from? I know you said that they're like mostly below poverty line and, and like working on subsistence. Is there anything more that you can tell us about the community?
1: Yeah, uh, I think 50% of the uh, community artisanal fishing fishes are actually live under uh, poverty line. So they depend on substance income from their daily fishing activities. Mm. Well, historically, they're coming from very marginalized community. I mean, if you look at the caste hierarchy, in India, they're always in the lower spectrum um, in our social hierarchy. And they are also geographically isolated community because they are in the edge or in the coastal areas. So they, usually they don't have a kind of, they, lot of interactions with the mainstream community. So geographically isolated, their political representation is very few. If you look at, uh, there are not many people uh, from the, uh, I mean, artificial fishing community or artisanal fishing community or traditional fishing community actually represent uh, many government, not only politically, if you look at the bureaucrats in Kerala, we don't find any servants uh, who are belonging to artisan and fishing community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you look at the cultural alienation is also there because their kind of practices are not um, kind of uh, respected in our, in our society. Yeah, the, then another thing is the historical, they are uh, excluded community also. If you look at any kind of uh, Kerala's progressive process, they are they have been excluded. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, uh, land reform movement, uh, we cannot see them any any artisanal fishing community has actually um, any kind of benefit from this uh, land reform. Mm.
0: They
1: don't have, they don't get any land and mm. they live in crowded houses and, and mm. because of the climate change conditions, erosion and other issues, their houses are being destroyed and also the coastal construction, the former harbors and port development, which are not conducive to the, the, the tropical climates so or coastal um, coastal mechanisms. Uh, when these constructions are happening, then one side of the, especially north side of the, this constructions, so people lose their houses. The sea erosion happens very highly. So uh, they, are, they live in a very vulnerable, vulnerable, historically marginalized, culturally alienated, politically non-representation, at the same time, they have to face new forms of challenges uh, in the form of increasing operational costs, For example, petrol and kerosene and engines, the prices are going very high. So they need to do fish activities a lot than before. Mm-hmm. Now they have to catch more fish, which is not good for the health of the ocean because they have to do some kind of unsustainable practices. To increase right. the catch, Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. And sort of this, this, this leads well into, I think, where we want to move with this conversation next, which is like you said yourself, there are like so many ways in which they're marginalized, right? So you have the cultural, the social, the political, the economic, but then why is it that your project specifically, and I'm trying to sort of move towards the forecasting with Fisher's project that you're involved with, how is it that you chose the weather, or like making it safe to go and fish as the one point of intervention Um, into making the lives of these communities better?
1: Yeah, uh, so that's a very interesting question, actually. So as we know, uh, in 2017, there was Ohi cyclone. We have lost, Kerala has lost about 200 fishermen. If you look at uh, natural disasters in Kerala, uh, that may be very high in number of people died uh, in a couple of days. And it may be very strange, uh, you may not see that around the globe and people die at sea because of the uh, cyclones or natural calamities like People usually die at the coast. But that is the first time in Kerala, I mean, we have this experience of uh, fishers who were doing their daily fishing practices. They were killed because of the cyclone. And that is the one, that's the time we were thinking about why people have died. Then uh, then we looked at the data why, whether the information was there at that time, meaning, uh, did the people know that uh, there is a kind of cyclone is coming? We came to know that, yes, uh, many people predicted actually the cyclone is coming, Um, but the information was not communicated well. And uh, we can also see that none of the bo- I mean none of the ships are sunken uh, during cyclone. They know this information. There are thousands of ships are passing through our coast. But artisanal fishes have been killed, and a lot of people came with injuries, and their uh, lack of rupees, equipments were lost. So this happened. So because of that weather information, uh, is very important for them because of the climate change conditions uh, in Arabian Sea. So not only Arabian Sea, I mean, uh, some most part of the Kerala actually influenced by weather conditions or weather changes in Arabian Sea or international, even in Bay of Bengal. We used to have a situation Bay of Bengal changes will not affect us, but Bay of Bengal, uh, if anything happens, at Bay of Bengal also affect us. Uh, for example, last year, we, we lost three fishermen, uh, three artisanal fishermen do, uh, on May 27, I think, uh, in 2021. They lost, uh, three people were lost because of the uh, weather events. So weather is very important. Then, uh, in order to save the lives of the fishermen, as we know, fishermen are very important because uh, they do contribution to the society for them and also for the society as well. The other aspect is that um, for last many years, they are losing their working days. So again, if you look at two years ago, if you look at the data, they have lost more than uh, 80 plus days because of the uh, weather events. Either from the government warnings and also from their own, their own understanding of the weather, they decide, either they decide to not to go for fishing or the government asked them to not to go for fishing because of the fishing ban. So they lost their, I mean, one third of their working days are lost because of the weather. So a community which is highly dependent upon uh, the income from fishing for their daily uh, expenditure, the schooling of their children, and also if their family debt and other socioeconomic expenditures so this is a very big issue so that is why we as researchers from different multidisciplinary background from social scientists meteorologists, and um, the weather forecasters we came together with the different, and also involving our different institution we came together we did a pilot project in fact before we did this actual project two years of a uh, pilot project conducted in two um, villages first, then we realized that uh, they need a kind of a localized weather information, uh, which is very helpful them to make decisions. So for example, if they need to go for 50 kilometers away from the coast for fishing, then what would be the weather like in that area? So if that information is available, they can make decisions according to whether they should go that far, or whether they should uh, do fishing very close to the shore. This kind of decisions can uh, they make. In, in that way, they can save their lives, not end up in, in tragedy. And also, their daily uh, fishing practice should be continued. Mm.
0: And that's, that's sort of really interesting. And also, um, like you mentioned yourself, there were mechanisms in which the government would inform these fishing communities of the weather predictions. But you were just saying it wasn't successful enough for whatever reason. And that is basically the gap that the research that you're involved with is planning to yeah. um, planning to plug. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how the specifics of how that works? So, Like, how are you addressing an issue that existed with the earlier communication? And what is it that you're doing
1: differently from what the government was doing already? Yes. Uh, the number one is the climate is uh, changing. Uh, number second is fishers want to go for more fishing because they're their, I mean, daily expenses are going up, therefore they have to go for fishing uh, daily. So in order to address this issue, government mechanisms are not uh, providing reliable information or reliable and accurate information. Reliable and accurate information in the sense the information or weather forecast provided by our public institutions or the government depend on like COIS and IMD, uh, these institutions. That, that information is not useful to the fishes because these weather forecasts do not address their needs. Needs in the sense, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if they need to go for 50 kilometers distance of the water. So what's the weather like? So for example, if I talk about um, Marine Art Fishing Village, which is one of our um, I mean, case, case villages for our current project. So in that village, they go fishing from South Virinam to a North, maybe Kayangulam, Alapid district. Yeah. So then uh, within that 50 kilometers distance, what is the weather like? That's what they wanted to know. But the weather in forecast provided by our public agencies or our institutions, they provide a kind of a 300 or 400 kilometers distance of uh, weather, which is they don't need because they are not going for 300 kilometers. This uh, kind of information may be useful for the fishers who go for, or go for fishing that far, but artisanal fishers, generally they do fishing within this uh, 50 kilometers uh, distance. And very occasionally, I mean, very uh, few times they may go even further, maybe 100, 150 kilometers. So, what they need is they need localized other information. They need information which is relevant to their fishing practices. So, for example, some fishes do hooker line fishing. For so hooker line fishing is uh, if the, some weather events happens at sea, they are able to come back very quickly to the shore because uh, it is very easy to take all the materials or the equipments they are using for that type of fishing. But if they do net fishing, it is not easy because uh, they actually at least they need two hours to uh, pull back the net. So that means even if they see that something is going to happen, in order to save the net, they have to be there. So what happens, they may end up in danger. So uh, that's why the craft-based, location-specific, area-specific, and the timing of fishing also important. For example, some fishes will prefer to go during nighttime. So night times are the the time where weather events happens, it is very difficult for the fishes to manage effectively. Daytime, they are able to manage. So this kind of information are not there uh, in our official uh, weather warnings or weather forecast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is therefore what happens, uh, most of the cases, either it will be under forecasting or over forecasting. Over forecast in the sense that they may uh, forecast that there will be 50 kilometers uh, wind speed. But the actual scenario where the fishes uh, go for fishing, may be 20 kilometer wind speed. So this mm-hmm. is forecasting. our Yeah, but the, the 50 kilometer wind speed may happen somewhere else, but that somewhere else fishes are not going. So they don't need that information, right? So under forecasting also a real issue here. So wonderful meaning. For example, uh, like I mentioned, in the Bay of Bengal, the yeah I think Yasi uh, cyclone happened. Uh, Kerala government issued uh, the weather information that there is no problem for Kerala fishes. Mm. But actually, in coast was affected that day. The wind speed was more than fifty kilometers. Not the far away sea, actually is very close to the shore, the wind speed was more than 50 kilometers. That's the time three people were killed. So mm. again, under forecasting. Because they thought that Bay Bengal incidents may not affect us, but actually it affected us. And also uh, the forecasters, our official forecasters are not taking feedback from fishes. Because if they have taken feedback from fishers, fishers will say, this is the area we go. This is a kind of weather events, we have difficulties. So if you provide information related to what we need, then it will be helpful. But fishers are not able to provide any feedback. There is no mechanism to provide uh, feedback to the official weather forecasters. So the weather weather forecasters uh, actually do not know what's happening and how the information they provided to the fishes, are, whether they are useful or not, they are not sure. So our project consider all these aspects. And another factor is also very important, I think, um, the weather conditions are very complex. So if you even in trivandrum district, uh, we looked at the data, there are three weather patterns happen. So for example, the north, uh, south to Willingham, there is a, if you look at monsoon weather events, monsoon weather events are uh, the wind speed are quite high in compared to north of Willingham. Again, if you come to very close to Koylan district, the wind speed is much lower than the, the south of Willingham. So within the Trivandan district, the weather patterns are different, it's very complex. Hmm. So these aspects are not considered by the official weather forecast, but we consider in our study. Yeah.
0: But then my obvious next question that comes to mind is like from what you're saying, I get the perception that there have been certain systems in place, but these systems haven't been very useful to the community. Um, and in that case then, how difficult was it for you and people in your project to convince these communities that you're going to be different? How are they not looking at you as just another new technology-driven intervention that promises them something that hasn't been working in the past? Was that a challenge or, or how did you get around that?
1: Yeah, it was a challenge uh, actually. Um, so uh, official weather systems provided by uh, Frakshama Kerala officials department or Kerala police department, because safety of the people is very concerned for police department. They provide this information, but people don't trust. People don't trust because it's unlikely this events happen. So what we uh, try to do is uh, that is our second aspect of our uh, project, communication. The communication is very important. So are we providing information to the fishers in an accessible format, they are able to access the information. So, therefore, we did, um, we developed a website for them to look at. And also, we developed an app, Katum uh, Kadalum or Winter and Ways app. And also, we have community radios. We provided information through community radios. We created WhatsApp groups. So, for some group of fishes, we made a group, uh, WhatsApp group of fishes. Then we uh, circulate daily weather information to them then we get feedback feedback from them so they say for example we provide an information today uh, wind speed is 30 kilometers uh, in north side of um, marina or anjango uh, for example then uh, we provide the information which is hey you, uh, you said about 30 kilometers of wind speed but we actually had only 20 kilometers oh they may say yeah it's the same like you said. oh so these information are very helpful. Okay, so for that kind of communication, so the involvement of fishes—that's what they they are asking for. Involve us, include us, so we can work together. I mean, we can develop the information we are actually looking for. Then you can support us. That is that kind of um, uh, system is not in place. We uh, when we made that system available, we started to listen to the fishes. We started to understand the needs of the fishes. We provide the information according to the needs in their uh, communication devices, which they are, are accessible to. Then they are able to respond well. I mean, in the beginning, there were some challenges. But later, they were very quite happy to provide information. Uh, for example, we took data from fishes. Fifteen fishing boats in each villages in three villages in these three villages. Mm. Uh, all uh, I think sixty-six days they provide a daily feedback. Fifteen boats provided daily uh, weather information to us. Mm. But if we are not accessible to them, approachable. Uh, if we are not, uh, this is where ethnography is a play role here, ethnographic approach, you know, anthropological approach is very important here. So we, uh, when we approach people, we have this kind of mind and we made a relationship with them, established a relationship, and therefore they trust us, we trust them, that, that kind of um, reciprocal relationship made the project um, easier though we had uh, initial challenges, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. and I think um, there are two aspects to this communication question that you mentioned. One, obviously, is the the challenge of technology and making it accessible to them in in modes that they are that they can access. The other angle of it, I assume, is also the language part. Can you tell us a little bit more about that aspect of the communication? Like, what was the project doing to make it more accessible? Like, were you doing were you going a step further to make it accessible in
1: Malayalam for them?
0: Um, yes, all
1: of uh, yeah, language is very important here. Even in Malayalam, uh, we have to include the local uh, Malayalam, meaning localized dialect or their own indigenous language. Uh, some of the words we use, actually uh, very closely connected to them. Their daily use of language also we included in our uh, weather communication. And fishes, they use uh, different devices also. I mean, like uh, they use uh, windy uh, weather and radar, and this kind of um, mobile apps they already they have already using. Mm. So uh, then uh, they want to see how our the information we provide how it is uh, actually different or uh, something better than the other. So one of the things was the language. Because they think, yeah, we we know this language. This is in our language, or this is in Malayalam. So it is very easy to understand. Uh, that is a, one of the highlights of the our approach, which is also uh, highly acclaimed by our fishers as well.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. So, um, if as as so, if I was a member from this fishing community that that you're working with, are there like, what are the specific questions that these tools that you have developed
1: are? Um, helping me on so like uh, for example they will ask you uh, can we trust you yeah we are fishers can we trust you will you listen to us because we have knowledge we are the fishers we go fishing we have been fishing for many centuries our past generations were uh, doing fishing as well and they gave us some knowledge some information we still use them So will you take that also into account? These sort of questions are very important. Uh, That's what uh, we identified that uh, fishers have their own kind of um, uh, knowledge system, which they acquired from tradition or past generations, or maybe through their experience. Because through their experience, one of the things we understood from our research project is that fishers say, see uh, wind direction and also the um, current direction. If there is if there is the same direction, we don't have a problem. So for example, it is, to, uh, it is from the direction southwest. That's what I mean. Or uh, The usually happens during monsoon is uh, northwest. If the wind direction and the current direction the same way, then they don't have much difficulties. They don't have much difficulties. But if they are opposite direction, The there will be the swells will be very uh, very high and low. Then the boat will be in between. Then they will have definitely have some issues. So this is a very new knowledge for us because we do not know. Then we we just talk about the wind, but the current is uh, also very important there. So if we know that the current is also important, if the the current in an opposite direction, then they have to be more careful or they don't need to careful that much, though the wind speed is high. This kind of information are actually very helpful. So when we uh, do I mean that is why so they ask will you listen to us and will you involve in our weather protection and, uh, and also uh, we understand you because they are asking more science. We understand you, we like to use the weather information We can understand you, or we will ask you how to use them. Mm. Uh, In fact, they are using uh, uh, several sources of other information. Then uh, they also say that we have an experience we want to convey to you. Will you listen to us? Mm. And when we give our feedback, will you take it seriously? Right. And how will you use them? And also, how will you use them? So these, these are the genuine real questions that they ask. The important thing is involvement of fishes in weather forecasts and weather communication protection and further development are very important. Mm. and so
0: sort of my follow-up question to that would be then that i know that the next step that you mentioned um to me when we spoke earlier was that you're pitching this idea to the government of kerala and trying to get them on board to set up a coastal weather forecasting service for the community can you tell us a little bit more about that and specifically to this point that you raise about the need for feedback you know when the government takes over a project like this what does that change for the community like how does it How do, how do you convince the community that these measures for feedback will continue to exist even after you have moved on
1: and the government has taken this project over. Yes, actually this is very important and very, very, very good question. Fisher's in fact asked this question. When we said to them, as a uh, result of this project, we have proposed as a research team, a Sussex University research team in collaboration with the CUSAT, we proposed uh, the state government state government especially the fisheries department take over uh, from us i mean based on our experience i mean research evidence and to provide a localized weather information service for artisanal fishers then when we uh, then we had a, a discussion with fishers about this fishers said, the first question was will they include us that's the first question who is going to manage we will be included in the management or they just uh, I mean they do the management again, they we have to follow them and this kind of questions see, mm. uh, because again, there is a lack of trust uh, there in the government uh, sector. This is based on experience also. So that is the, one of the demands we also uh, I mean propose to the government that whatever you do, whether production, communication and dissemination and further improvement, you should include the features. And you should include the uh, people who knows the community well. Then they can, there will be a kind of a, a collaborative approach. So, this kind of thing solely we, we can develop through a collaborative process. Uh, the government should trust the fishers, and fishers should trust the government. We are such a kind of a mediators between, right. I mean, connecting these two to, uh, together. We had a discussion with. Uh, Kerala Fisheries Department, KSTMA, Kerala State uh, Disaster Management Authority, uh, Metrology Department, IMD, and Incois, and several other climate—I in, in, mean, Institute of Climate Change Studies—all these people and Planning Board and Fisheries Department officials. We had a negotiation with almost all uh, people who actually showed their interest. Uh, to provide uh, some kind of weather information and service for artisanal fishers. So they need daily weather information at least two times in a day because some people go for fishing in the evening, some people go fishing in the daytime, early morning. Then accordingly, they take decisions. For example, they decide okay, the weather is a bit rough, so I don't need to go far away from the coast. I can go fishing for closer to the sea. Or I avoid fishing during night. I can do day fishing. So, mm-hmm. these sort of decisions they can make. That's why this localized weather information, two times in a day, provided by the trusted source, engaging with the fishing, uh, fishermen in an accessible format using their daily language and etc., are very important.
0: Right, right. That's really interesting and topical. Um, I think I'm starting to sort of wind down. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit about how you plan to zoom out this for a larger community. Like, what are the possibilities to expand this project to a wider, um, you know, are, are you thinking of making it uh, more accessible to other communities in India or like across the state? Or what's the next sort of scaling up stage that you're all looking at?
1: Yes, uh, uh, as we know, there are large uh, number of um, artisanal fishers in India in nine coastal states, including our neighbor states, Tamil Nadu. So they need uh, uh, this sort of information. In fact, uh, though Tamil Nadu villages are not included in our study, because so we provide this information, fishermen themselves, they I mean distribute among their friends. So that's happening already. They also provide this uh, information to several other people. So they are also interested to see our graphics and daily weather information, and also the information through community radio, etc. This localized weather information will be very useful for many artisanal fishing communities in India. Not only in India, even Sri Lanka and other uh, artisanal fishing communities across the globe, I think. Right. And sort
0: of finally, um, I want to ask you a bit more about, because I, I know you said um, that this month you also shared your findings with the community that you were working with um, on like a public event. What was that like? What, what was there? you know, how, how were they receiving this and what were the kind of interactions that you were having with them?
1: Yeah, that's very, very, very good experience and very good experience for us and very good experience for the fishers as well because uh, according to them, many people did research about them. None of them <laughs> went back to them. And I mean, disseminating what they found. No? So we, uh, our idea was to disseminate this to the community members. They should know what findings are based on the data they provided with us. And also they should know what's going to happen after research will there be something very useful for them will come out as an impact from this study these mm. kind of things they would like to know then we organized a community event uh, in fact it was a part of a proposal too uh, so two villages we organized and our third village is going to happen so in puthidra and, and also in Marinad we conducted uh, this community event in puthidra we um, made it a public event is open air public events. There are a lot. I mean, one hundred uh, fishes actually uh, fishing community members participated, and we also included a scientific session from fusad scientist Dr. Akilash S. Uh, it was very useful. I mean, many fishes actually said that is something very useful. And again, they never had this kind of. Interactions in the past, mm, 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 and uh, in Marina Fishing Village, uh, most of the fishers came with their families, so it became a family event. <laughs> uh, so they, I mean, children and also husband and wife and because our, our day, I mean, our research also include uh, fisher women as well, because we want to know the socio-economic conditions also how vulnerability influence their decision-making when they take risk, how uh, family conditions, the household uh, family conditions and income, how this influence uh, fishers' decision to go for fishing in a particular day. We have looked at that angle also in, in the right. research project. Therefore, many women are also included in the research. They came together as a family. Then local leaders, uh, we include local leaders, we had discussion yeah like that it went very well i mean everyone that's, that's, is pleased and they 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 like to i yeah. uh, mean they will want to know what will happen in the future based on this research and they like sure. to know more yeah
0: right and 100%. i think and i think sort of this is a good place to sort of wind up but it's very heartening to hear that like the community was involved so much um, because it seems to be something that a lot of the initiatives now are now are doing more and more Um, And through this conversation that we've had, hopefully you'll also be able to bring this research to a different kind of audience, um, maybe even outside of Kerala who are listening in with keen interest. But thank you so much, Johnson, for having this conversation. It sounds like a really interesting project, and um, I wish you all the best. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> and just to remind our listeners, uh, this conversation is part of a special issue that we are doing on the project. So we have more detailed pieces on our website, including um, an article on the, com- uh, on the ICT interventions, another article on um, the women from the fishing community and their experiences. Uh, so do check our website. Um, the addresses in our description and you can read all of our other detailed pieces Thank you all for listening, this podcast was brought to you by Allah, Uh, you can follow our work on www.allah.keralascholars.org We are a blog that publishes every month uh, with content on Kerala uh, Kerala culture, Kerala history um, and Kerala diaspora So please do follow our work there and see you again with another guest for the next podcast. Thank you very much.